Hello, and welcome to the Every Child Every Day podcast. I'm your host, Rob Arnold, Superintendent of Schools in Amherst County. Today, we'll discuss the topic of food insecurity. Food insecurity has an enormous impact on a large portion of our school-aged children. As of 2016, almost 13 million children lived in, in food insecure households across the country. In Amherst County alone, over 50% of our students are eligible to receive free or reduced lunch. The impacts that food insecurity have on students are significant. Children who grew up in food insecure households often lag behind their food secure peers in terms of cognitive, emotional, and physical development. For example, research shows that mental health problems like depression and anxiety among children increase as food insecurity increases. Children from homes with persistent food insecurity have shown smaller gains in both reading and math than their food secure classmates. Food insecurity has even been shown to reduce a child's chances of graduation. So clearly, food insecurity requires our attention. And today, we'll meet some people and organizations in our community that are working to alleviate these problems. We'll start the podcast with Neighbors Helping Neighbors, a nonprofit organization that works to meet the hunger needs of our community at large. Then we'll talk to Amherst Cares, whose primary goal is to provide food insecure students in Amherst County with food when they are not in school. And finally, we'll discuss programs run through the Amherst County Public Schools School Nutrition Program. We hope you leave this podcast today with information on how you can help us combat this significant problem in our community. guest today is Gary Friend, the uh, president of Neighbors Helping Neighbors. Uh, welcome, Mr. Friend. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Dr. Arnold. I uh, want to start by asking just a little bit about uh, background on Neighbors Helping Neighbors, how it got started, uh, what, your, what your objectives are, uh, some of those kinds of things. Uh, well, basically, uh, it was a bunch of uh, volunteers. It started off maybe five volunteers. Uh, that got together in 2015, in the beginning of 2015, and did a lot of research on uh, research by going to other pantries and going to other uh, uh, facilities like we that we established, just to understand the process. Uh, so it started uh, officially in 2016. We're all volunteers. There is no paid staff. Uh, a lot of our volunteers uh, just happen to be retired people. Uh, because of the time factors during the week and, uh, and a little bit on weekends. Um, we started in 2016, in uh, January of 2016, as a, a nonprofit, 501c3. We began uh, our programs uh, with our focus on our food kitchens. So we do several things uh, since then, but we, our food kitchens were established on both ends of the county. Uh, starting in May of 2016 and uh, the purpose of those food kitchens along with our mission was our main mission is to uh, provide uh, nourishing uh, meals uh, for those in hunger uh, and I like to call call it food insecurity mm -hmm. so that's our main thrust of our focus 
Uh, along with that, we have uh, some other missions like uh, educate the public uh, and to ad be an advocate for those in need. Uh, and then something around uh, help them get out of poverty. Right. All of those sort of focus around that. And those are the overall missions that we don't, we haven't changed from. We are, uh, have uh, gone on three years of the food kitchens and two years of the warehouse. The warehouse became established in 2017. Uh, and that's, it opens it, its doors. This is a client choice warehouse where uh, people come and they shop for their groceries. Instead of uh, going to a, a place where they, the groceries are already in a box, mm -hmm. these individuals can come and they can choose what they, what they want. Uh, and that started in 2017. Uh, I'd say since then, uh, we've had probably a total of, uh, served over a total of 10,000 meals throughout the county. Those kitchens are Wednesdays and Thursdays. Uh, and they're on uh, Wednesdays on the south end of the county at Madison Heights Baptist Church and uh, Ascension on the north end Ascension. on Thursdays. So, and the uh, food warehouse is at uh, off of 130. Caterpillar Clubhouse is uh, the main building and then we're on the other side of that main building, on the back side. And we're open first Saturday and third Saturday. Okay. So, uh, and so those, we've, we have served in that, over 6,000 people have come wow. to that. And you have to multiply that, uh, Dr. Arnold, by the number in their households, which uh, an average uh, Saturday, we serve uh, 100, which equals to 300 uh, members in their household. So we do about 600 months. So what was the, the, the motivation for, for starting this? Where did that come from? Hmm. Um, the initial uh, concept came from um, my previous employee, um, my, my previous job. As treasurer, uh, the, I would see a lot of people who couldn't pay a small amount on their taxes, mm -hmm. and I mean like $300 a year. And they would come to me and they would tell me, uh, they'd come to my office and we would, I'd get to know them. So, uh, that sort of got me to thinking, well, there are a lot of people in this county that need some assistance other than what the government uh, can provide. And you, you, you tie that into my wife, who when she retired five years before I did, she was involved with Daily Bread in Lynchburg. So Peggy would come home and tell me all about the wonderful things Daily sure. Bread were, were doing, and I just looked at her and said, I think we could get that something like that going out here. So the idea just really came from what I saw and from my wife's involvement in Daily Bread. And from that point, I involved um, several individuals I knew in the county. Mm -hmm. And that's when we did the uh, going around, sort of doing our research. So you recognized a need in this community. Have you seen the needs of our community increase over the last, since you've started this? Well, since in, from the kitchen standpoint, we've reached a peak, it seems. Uh, but that peak is a little misleading because, um, you know, it's one of the things that one of the obstacles in this county is that we're rural. 
So uh, I'd say that the kitchens are maintaining their numbers around 30 to 40 every week. Uh, on the other hand, the warehouse has gone from uh, a year ago 60 people to 100 people. So the need has increased or the, the word has gotten out. Gotcha. You know, once someone comes to our um, warehouse and sees the way we, we run the process, and that they shop for their groceries, it get, it spreads around, mm -hmm. uh, far-reaching beyond Amherst County. So, because there's only two of those in the whole region, okay. one in Lynchburg and one in Amherst County, client choices. So, uh, so yeah, it's the warehouse is steadily increasing. Always new members, every uh, new clients every time we open the doors. Anywhere from seven so, to yeah, and so we always experience obstacles in trying to, to meet the needs of as many folks as we can. And you mentioned uh, briefly uh, the rural nature of our community. Um, so what are some of the, along with that, what are some of the biggest obstacles that your, your organization faces? Well, volunteers. Volunteers is probably the number one uh, obstacle with um, going the next step. Uh, we're not just a, we're we're not just about food. We're we're about finding ways. In our mission statement, you see things that talk about that uh, advocating and helping them get out of poverty. Uh, so in order to do that next step, you've got to have people. Uh, we have to have more people and uh, located not just in one central area of the county, but all over the county. Whether it's a cooperation of organizations or churches, uh, we need those groups. And we can do more uh, with uh, the number of people. We can, we can make these goals and these missions uh, come sooner than we expect. Now, uh, adding more people from a volunteer standpoint, is that for just their time or resources or, or a little of both? Uh, probably a little of both. Uh, each one of these projects uh, that we've that we're beginning to implement are going to need bodies to distribute. They're going to need individuals uh, that uh, have knowledge and perhaps uh, mentoring people. Uh, so it's not just one-sided. You know, I always tell a volunteer, uh, come and watch, and and listen, and you. Tell us what you want to do. We we can, we can make you fit. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. there's a lot that can be done than just the the food kitchens and just the warehouse. So if if you had the opportunity to 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 kind of convince folks of the good work that you're doing to to come out and help, what would you what would you tell people if they came? and gave of their time to, to your organization, kind of what, what experience do you have uh, mm -hmm. in, in helping others? Um, I, I warn them. I tell them that, first of all, you will be touched. You will be touched by the many thank yous that you see. Uh, you will also be touched by the children that you see, uh, on, particularly on this, the weekends when uh, they're out of school, they come with their parents. Uh, I will just caution them that it will tear at your heart mm -hmm. one way or the other. Yeah. And you'll also get a feeling of uh, you're doing something to change somebody's life. 
and they appreciate it, and they tell you that. Uh, they when they leave the uh, warehouse, they're all smiles, and uh, and a lot of thank yous, thank yous, and when they're in the kitchen, they enjoy the meals, and they tell you that they enjoy the meals. So, it's very gratifying. It's very uh, fulfilling. And it's what, uh, according to, we're all faith, we are a faith-based organization. Uh, so it is what we say and what we're told to do. So, Gary, if anybody's out there that uh, is kind of compelled to, to, to learn more about Neighbors Helping Neighbors or to, to come and uh, visit or get some more information, what would you, what kind of, how would they contact you? Um, what would be the best way to get getting linked up with you? Well, the quickest way is to go on our website, you know, which is nhnamherst.org. Okay. Uh, and when you go into the website, uh, you go to the volunteer tab, uh, and then you fill out the uh, online uh, application form. And as soon as that's sent, you get an immediate response, uh, and we contact you. So that's the, the easiest way. So when you go on the site, you also see a phone number well, that phone number rings to one one uh, one mobile phone, and it's mine. So we always answer. We're always there. So that's the easiest way to uh, get in touch with us. Well, we we thank you from the school's standpoint because every every family that's helped certainly helps our students, and that that meets our mission of meeting the needs of every child every day and, and you're most certainly a part of that and we thank you and we thank you for for stopping by today and and joining us and uh, we hope hope that a lot of folks will come out and uh, support your organization it's uh, certainly makes a difference well thank you very much for your interest okay we are joined now by our next guest Ms. Beth Gamble and she is the president of Amherst Cares uh, welcome Ms. Gamble Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So let's get started uh, the way we, we started our last segment. Just tell us a little bit about Amherst Cares as an organization, what it is, how it got started, what the, the motivations are uh, behind it, and okay. uh, what you're currently doing. Well, Amherst Cares is the collaborative effort of school, community, and civic organizations, churches, and individuals to f- provide food for Amherst County public schools. Uh, school students who need it. Uh, each student's given the opportunity to apply to participate, and the individual schools determine who participates. We do have to require a signed permission form from the parents in order to do mm-hmm. that. We began in August 2010 with one school, and the idea originally came from the program Feed Across America Backpack program. Mm-hmm. We took that framework and made it our own. And so I personally became involved because I'm a retired first grade teacher and I was on the Amherst County Public School Board at that time. Also, I'm I'm a member of Emanuel United Methodist Church in Amherst and we were looking for something to do that would make a difference in our community. Uh, And I met with civic and community and church leaders and we decided to give it a try. And it took off from there. And I'm glad to say we became incorporated. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and here we are today. So from 2010 to 2019, what does the, uh, what does the growth look like? Well, or, or not maybe 
the need, uh, the growth of need. We've definitely grown. We began in 2010 with one school and 68 students. Today, we send home 511 bags of food to our students, and we now serve all of the schools in Amherst County Public School System. And if my math is correct, that's about a 750% increase over wow. where we started. So, so what ex- specifically do you, do you do each week? Each week we provide individual bags of food, usually containing about seven items that the students take home for weekend food. Uh, it's, uh, it's not meant to be everything that they eat on the weekend. It's more of a supplemental program, but we like to include um, two breakfast items, two snack items, two dinner items, and some type of juice or, or um, beverage of some type. Um, and it's not just for the students who receive free or reduced meals. It's for any, any student that the schools think uh, would benefit from the program. Okay. And um, we, like I said, we started with one school and we gradually added the other schools. The last one to come on board was the high school. And the students actually went to the principal at the high school and asked if they could have the food because they'd had it since they were in elementary and some in middle school. And so for for the listeners, um, during the the school week, the schools provide students with breakfast and lunch. And obviously on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, that's a a lot of meals that aren't provided to those students. So that's where uh, your organization then steps in and supplements uh, some of those needs that that students have. Right. And we also like to send um, more food when their school breaks. Uh, If we know there's a snow day coming, the school system will let us know, and we will provide some extra food for the potential uh, missed meals that the kids have. We also provide more food over the... um, Thanksgiving and winter holidays and Easter break and we feel like we're, we're trying to, to somewhat um, supplement that time that they're out of school and miss those meals you know there's nothing like a hungry child and we've all learned the ramifications of that un, you know unfortunately sure. but um, you know so going from 68 students to 511 students in nine years that that obviously had some logistical uh, <laughs> issues that you probably experienced. We did. Uh, so, so what are some of the things that uh, became problematic about the volume that you were? Uh, acquiring the food. Uh, you know, food costs money. So we got very creative with some of our partnerships. We are now a partner with the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank and are able to, to purchase some items at reduced cost. Uh, also, our Amherst Food Lion has been wonderful to us because they allow us to purchase the sale items with no limits. Okay. And, um, and as an added bonus, those good folks actually load the items on their trucks, and sometimes it's literally thousands of cans of things, and they bring it to the church mm-hmm. for us. Um, many community and civic organizations individuals and churches regularly donate to Amherst Cares. We're in a lot of budgets, thank right, goodness, good. for folks in, in Amherst County. I write grants, and then people hold food drives for us. Okay. Now, another obstacle I'm, I'm afraid we're running into right now is our biggest challenge, and I won't say obstacle because we make it work, but our volunteers are aging. It's an aging population that comes every Wednesday or every Thursday and packs this food. And the food is heavy. 
it requires a lot of lifting and moving. So we literally move pallets of food and, and heavy bins. So we, we experience... And that's once a week. That's once a week. Right. And so our folks have experienced knee hip replacements, <laughs> lots of back issues. and So you need help. We need, need help. You need time we, from people. We need time, but we need young people who are very willing and able to help with the heavy loads that we do. And uh, we also need people that have trucks, <laughs> things that we can pack 13 bins of food in. Uh, you know, an average car had, will hold about five bins of food, and most of our schools are more than that right. because that would mean only uh, we pack 10, 10 bags to a bin. So we have 13 bins at a time, and this morning we, we had a real crisis because one of our drivers had an unexpected emergency. So we had 13 bins of food sitting at the church, and we had to really scramble to get it out. So that would be most helpful. So so uh, my next question was how can the Amherst community help with these uh, efforts, but yeah. that clearly goes to time, time. money. money. Um, and so if, if the, anybody that's listening would like to mm-hmm. connect with you, and find out uh, how they specifically can help. Uh, how could uh, they get in touch with you? Okay, I have a phone number, and it's 946-7657. I'm available on email at bethgamble3 at comcast.net and amherstcares315 at gmail.com. All of those will get right to me, and I uh, can get back in touch with people. I would really like to develop a list of people uh, on standby mm-hmm. for when regular folks are sick or are unable to deliver for the week. And um, so if anyone would be willing to help, that would really be beneficial to, I think, all of us. So, um, you know, we were talking about the greater community help. I budget about $4.50 a week per child. And um, that times 50 students for 36 weeks in the school years gives us a projected budget of about $81,000, which is huge. Uh, so, you know, we appreciate the food drives that people do for us, and they collect specific food. In fact, the school system did that at the beginning of the school year, and we found that to be very helpful for us. And uh, this year we have a young man from Amherst County High School who's a member of the National Honor Society, and he volunteers every week and his energy and his willingness and his strength is most appreciated sure. by all of us. The uh, giving, giving back a day mm-hmm. was a wonderful experience for us, too, in, in Amherst Cares because the National Honor Society kids came and helped us pack yep. 1,500 bags. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Was, so that was three weeks. That's right. That's three weeks. That's three weeks, right. Play. So we've had the football team come in, mm-hmm. in the past and uh, – Sometimes sweet our students come okay. and help. Well, uh, from our perspective uh, in the schools, we, you know, when we start to come up on breaks like Christmas break or right. spring break, and and to a s- smaller degree weekends, you know, behaviors start to change because some of our students realize that that consistency of of meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes away and so we know how important this program is and how beneficial it is to our students and we are so grateful 
to, to have you guys working with us. And I would urge anybody that's listening that wants to get involved to, to contact Ms. Gamble. It is a, it is, you know, when we try to help students become successful in school, one of the things that we have to do is meet their basic needs. That's right. If we don't meet students' basic needs, then it's very difficult to move them beyond to things like learning. And so this really is a school issue, and we thank the, our community, uh, especially Ms. Gamble, for the help that they've, they've given us. Right. Well, we couldn't do it without the support of the Amherst community, and we're very grateful. Well, Ms. Gamble, thank you for joining me today. Thank and, you for uh, having me. I, I certainly hope that you get lots of emails and calls from, uh, from, from our listeners. And um, thank you once again. Thank you for having me. Okay, our final guest uh, today is Kim Klein. She is the School Nutrition Coordinator here in Amherst County Public Schools. Welcome, Ms. Klein. Um, so, Ms. Klein, uh, Tell us a little bit about your role with Amherst County Schools and how it specifically relates to uh, the topic of food insecurity. Um, well, I'm the child nutrition supervisor for the school system, so I oversee all of our meal programs within the school system, um, which includes our free and reduced price meal program. Um, this is a program where all students that qualify based on income are provided free or reduced price meals for breakfast and lunch. Okay. Do, um, do all of our eligible students participate in the free and reduced lunch or do you get the sense that this is only a portion of our um, we don't quite get a hundred percent of everyone mm -hmm. but um, we do service a large proportion of yeah I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that we were over 50 percent for an entire division yes we are. And, but that's also understanding that not everybody not all takes them. advantage and yes. um, if there are folks out there that need to take advantage of that but have not uh, what's the I guess the procedure where where's the resource for uh, parents to access is that at the beginning of the school year um, we do send out the applications at the beginning of the year but they can get those all year long they're available with the uh, the cafeteria managers or either the school secretaries or the principals or they can call our office as well okay all right um, so what what programs are we currently uh, do we currently have in place or are you hoping to put in place uh, to help our students with food insecurity um, well we have national school lunch and national school breakfast at every school um, we also do breakfast in the classroom at Central, <clears throat> excuse me, Central Elementary and Madison Heights Elementary. Okay. So we provide breakfast in the classroom free of charge to all students at those two elementaries. Um, we have an after-school snack program at Amherst County High School, Amherst Middle School, Elon Elementary, and Temperance Elementary. We do after-school meal programs at Amelon and Amherst Elementary, and we do some at Manelson Middle School as well. And then our summer meal programs that changes um, the buildings every summer. But this summer we have them at Amherst County High School, Amelon Elementary, Central Elementary, Madison Heights Elementary, and we will have open sites at Manelison Middle and Amherst Middle. So an open site yeah. is where um, children from in the community from up to age 18 can come get a free, free meal, free breakfast and lunch each day during the summer, Monday through Friday. The dates for Manelison Middle are June 10th through August the 2nd, and Amherst Middle is June 10th through June 28th. So do, do the students have to be enrolled in our summer school classes to access this? or No. For the open sites, it's just first come, first serve, just as long as they're under the age of 18. 
Okay. And they don't have to sign up. It's a, no. They show up. They just show up. That's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great resource uh, mm-hmm. for our community. Awesome. Is there anything that uh, you're looking at uh, possibly doing moving forward? Well, we would like to expand some of our breakfast programs and get our participation there, um, there up because breakfast, especially in the secondary level, is always a struggle to get those mm-hmm. kids to eat. So we would like to expand those a little bit more. But um, And also we just keep expanding our summer programs every year just to reach more kids. Right. Um, what, do, what do you face or what does your department face uh, as, as obstacles? Um, one of our biggest obstacles is our unpaid meal debt. Because even though we have the free and reduced price program, there are still kids that don't qualify based on income who still struggle to have um, to, their families to pay for their meals. Mm-hmm. So that is one of our biggest challenges to try to collect that debt because we never deny a kid a meal. Right. Um, we, we serve them whether they have money or not, but the charges do accrue to their, their meal account. So getting the, the yeah. money back from that is sometimes right. a challenge. And so I understand that we do have uh, private donors who uh, anonymously give uh, yes. money to, mm-hmm. to pay down some mm-hmm. of these these debts is that is that is that a true statement yes and um, we do uh, we do partner with some of the community organizations and some churches and just some individuals okay. who have helped and that has been a great help for those students who are struggling right so um, you know my last question centers around how the community can can help support this so is one of those things to yes. that that resource of money that if, if they're looking to someone's looking to help that it's possible to kind of get in touch with you to to learn about the the unpaid debt like you're saying that we have students that qualify uh, but they might qualify for a reduced price and so there's mm-hmm. still a price there yes. and then uh, debt builds up on those uh, students to pay for those meals so is that yes. that would be one thing yes. are there other ways that the community can help I'm just getting the word out about our programs and especially about the summer program to generate some interest in that because I'm sure there's a need in the community and I just want them to know that we are there and that we are a resource for them. So just getting the word out and then um, partnering with those community groups to pay off some of the, the meal debt has been a great help. So as far as contacting, uh, what would be the best way to, to contact? Uh, would it be through through you in your office? Yes, that would, that would be a great way. Um, email or call our office, 434-528-9562. Okay. Or, um, and the, and the rest of the information, whether phone number, those kinds of things, uh, email addresses, it's all on our website yes, if you're looking is. for those those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, so, Ms. Klein, I, I, I thank you for taking your time. I thank, thank you for you. what uh, your your folks do. It's, uh, it is so valuable, as we've talked this entire uh, podcast about the ways that our students need support. And, you know, we talk in schools a lot about about you know teaching students and what they learn mm-hmm. and, and those kinds of things but really none of that happens until basic needs are met mm-hmm. and we have That's a true, lot yes. of students that need their basic needs met and so what's happening in our cafeterias with our school nutrition what's happening with our, with organizations across the the community a lot of good work is being done but i want to reiterate just like everyone else has reiterated um, is that the problem is not solved. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are interested, if you're listening and you're interested in um, helping any of these organizations or the, the school nutrition program, we've we've left the uh, names and numbers with you. Uh, if you need assistance, um, 
feel free to to contact the school systems or Mr. Uh, Friend at Neighbors Helping Neighbors or Ms. Gamble at Amherst Cares and a lot of folks out there that are willing to help. Uh, we, we certainly once again hope that this podcast was informative. Uh, hopefully we've inspired some, some uh, action as well because we, we need to, uh, as we move forward, meet the needs of every child every day. Thank you to the listeners for, for joining us today. And we, we hope everybody has a great day. Thank you. Hi, I'm Mark Thurston, and I made this podcast music with Apple GarageBand. I hope you enjoy. Hi, my name is James Litchford, and I am the editor for this podcast. Mm-hmm.